Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk fitness business with gym owners who are changing lives in their area. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guest, owner of UFC Gym in the Boston Financial District, Jason Dutton. How are you doing today? Excellent. Thank you for having me on today. Appreciate you. Oh, man. I, I'm super psyched to have you on. Let's dive in. Tell me what your club is all about, UFC Gym, Boston Financial District. Yeah, I, I'd say our, our primary focus is just the quality of, of the service that we provide. You know, it's it's whether you're coming in for kickboxing, boxing, MMA, your jiu-jitsu, strength and conditioning. Um, we want to provide a more interactive experience that's knowledge-driven and, and also is going to give you the results that you're looking for. Um, because everything that we teach, there's there's a learning curve to it, right? Whether you're learning how to box, you might have a preconceived notion that you're, you know, you just throwing a, a jab, cross, hook, 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 uppercut, uppercut, but not understanding all the different levels of, of boxing and, and the footwork and the head movement and changing levels. And, and so really taking people's expectations and then expanding upon them and saying okay yeah you 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 know you think you want to box but we're actually going to teach you really how to box or muay thai or jujitsu and and having world-class level coaches that can provide an, an experience where first the member is going to be entertained right it's it's when when someone comes in it's they're looking for a workout but it's got to be more than just kicking their ass every single time they come into the gym they, they have to enjoy what they're doing. It's got to be results driven. And, and, you know, they have to be in a community where they, they enjoy training with, with the people that are coming in with every day. Cause what I've noticed is, you know, you end up getting the same crews, you know, for the same time slots, you know, people get out of work, they come in for that six o'clock class. It's, it's the same crew. So it's, it's about fostering a results driven, program that that people are going to enjoy and look forward to every single day and then also giving him making sure we're giving all the supplemental knowledge that they need in order to be successful in their fitness journey so a lot of times that's hey where are your macros you know are you getting all your proteins um you know are you getting enough enough calories because what i found um and doing what we do every day is that a lot of times people just aren't eating enough you know and and they don't understand the nutrients that they need and all of a sudden they're coming in the gym every day, but they're not losing weight. Well, why aren't you losing weight? Um, it's, it's not because you're, you're overeating. It's actually because you're not getting enough calories in and your body's retaining its fat. So a big part of what we do is education. So making people, making sure people have a, a basic understanding of, of what they need in order to be successful in, in their fitness journey. Awesome, man. And so just to um, kind of, put a bow on that you know if if people aren't familiar with the the ufc gym concept it's it's not hey this is where you necessarily go to train if you know i want to i want a path as a career fighter that's not that's not the main idea of it it's it's people who are looking for fitness looking to train in a workout but in something that has a skill level component to something that they may have seen 
boxing, jujitsu, Muay Thai. So it, it has elements of personal training, elements of group training, but rather than just working out for the sake of working out, it's got that skill and activity component built into it. Exactly. Yeah. I'd say about 5% of our member base is, is there because they, their goal is to compete or, you know, do the sport professionally where 95, maybe even 98% they're there for their, their general fitness goals because they've been going to, um, you know, planet fitness for five years and they're, they're unable to stay consistent. They don't reach their goals and, and they're just, they're looking for something that they're going to enjoy coming to every day and where they're going to constantly learn, right? As human beings, we're these, we're, we're organic learning machines. Like every day we want new knowledge. And what happens is if you, you're not constantly getting new knowledge and, and, and learning, whether it's new movements, um, new nutritional information, um, new, new, new exercise programs, is your brain's going to sort of just, you know, flatline a little bit. So what we want to do is we're trying to constantly change your workouts, teach you new techniques, um, enhance your concepts of, of what you can do for your training. So a lot of times people will actually be intimidated by our brand because they think, oh, UFC, um, you know, people just go there to fight. Well, no, you know, it's, it's actually a really effective way of whether it's losing weight, adding lean muscle mass, just getting your, your weekly fitness training in and, and a little bit of a different method than just going and jumping on a treadmill or jumping on a, an, on an elliptical and doing, you know, static caloric burns for, for 30 minutes. Um, you know, we, we produce dynamic workouts where you're generally burning somewhere between 600 to a thousand calories in a specific class. And then the coaches and, and, you know, the rest of the staff, we try to provide all the additional knowledge that you need in order to be successful in reaching your fitness goals. So when everybody comes in, we try to help set them up with a fitness program. So it's not just, Hey, you're going to come in and, and hit the weights, you know, three or four days a week. It's okay. You're going to have your push to, push day on Tuesday on um, Thursday is going to be a pull day. Um, on, on Saturday, we're going to be, we're going to do a full body with a, also a focus on core. And I want you to track your nutrition for the next week. So I can see what you're doing right and what you're doing wrong. So it's, it's a more personalized approach to, to fitness. Um, there, there's a little bit of a premium associated with it. If you look at the national numbers, but for Boston, it's incredibly cost-effective just compared to the other products out there in the marketplace. Um, you know, we, if, if, if I was running this, this business under a, a different banner, um, we'd pro we, you know, I'd be charging like $250, $300 a month for the services that we offer. Um, but with being part of the UFC gym framework and, and, and it now international um, program, we're able to offer, you know, all these services, everything that we do at an extremely cost-effective rate, especially, you know, for, for downtown Boston pricing, it's, it's very, very, uh, consumer friendly. Awesome, man. I, I appreciate the, the, the frame of reference for a lot of this stuff. And we'll get into that a little bit more, but, um, you know, as you said, you're under the UFC gym franchise, that banner, um, you're clearly a, a true believer in the brand, but 
you didn't you didn't wake up one day and, and get dug into UFC. So give us give us some background. I think you said you've been in the gym world as a trainer since you were a teenager. So give us the highlights and the timeline that kind of brought you to where you are now. Yeah, I started off um, as a personal trainer at Gold's Gym in, geez, like 1999, 2000. And, and I was fighting mixed martial arts in like the early days. Um, so literally, I'd, I'd fight at the at the dog track um, in, in, in bought right outside Boston on the weekends. And then um, I was going to college and, and working as a personal trainer. And, uh, you know, I, I really just, I, I've always enjoyed be, being in the gym. It, it saved my life. I've lost, out of the kids that I grew up with, I think I've lost six, two best friends and four other like really close kids that I used to hang out with on a weekly basis to um, heroin or related drug overdoses. So for me, getting lost in the gym saved my life and it, and it just gave me a hope for a future, you know? And um, so when I remember, I remember, you know, seeing my buddies at actually at the time smoking crack and I was hanging out with everyone in there, you know, smoking crack. And I'm like, man, I'm out of here. I'm, I'm, I'm going to the gym. And, uh, and when, when I didn't get into the hard drugs, like the kids that I grew up with, they kind of, I, I became the, an outcast but um, I just started spending all my time in the gym, you know, and it was just such a healthy place for me um, to keep my head on straight and, and be able to focus on going to college and then becoming a personal trainer and being able to help other people in their fitness journey. It just gave me a completely di different direction in life to go. And um, I can't say, I mean, I can't thank God enough for the path that he chose for me because now at this point it's taken me, you know, all over the country, you know, I, I spent 13 years in California helping to start the UFC gym franchise or at the time helping to start the UFC gym corporate company and, um, you know, helping to open multiple gyms in California, taking over the UFC gym in Manhattan, um, which ultimately led to me acquiring the, the franchise for Boston. It's, it's been a long fitness journey. Um, but, the, the rewards are indescribable just because all of that it's afforded for me to have my own home, have a family where, um, you know, I, for a lot of the kids that I, like I was saying that I grew up with, I've, I've had to attend their funerals. So it's, um, you know, that's why I, I preach fitness. You know, I, I really look at myself as like a, um, a preacher for the, for, for health and fitness because of what it's done for me. And, and I've, interacted and, and helped so like literally tens of thousands of people now over the course of my career, maybe, maybe even more. Um, when I was running clubs in California, we had like, you know, eight to 10,000 members at our clubs out there, much bigger facilities. Um, and so many people, whether they're coming out of, you know, a, a treatment center or, you know, they've coming out of an abusive relationship and they, they just are trying to figure out a way in life to, just be positive and think that they have a future. It's when you go to the gym, everybody's going for the same reason, right? To get a little bit better every day, right? We go to the gym, we lift weights, we do kickboxing, we do jujitsu, whatever you do, your goal is to get incrementally better every single day. So when you're constantly putting yourself in that environment and you're working with other people that really have that same goal of just getting better, life leads you in the right direction one way or the other and you start making better decisions and and you know moving in in, in good directions with your decision making 
and, and life seems to, to improve. So that's why I've said that there's never been a day that I haven't looked forward to going to work or there's never been a day where it's like, oh man, I can't believe I have to go into the office again. No, it's like, it's great. I get to go to the gym, get a workout in and, and help other people reach their goals. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's really a very intrinsically rewarding um, career. And looking back, I, I have no regrets on, on the road I've taken. Yeah, it's, it sounds like you're the personification of the, the old cliche, you know, if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. So even though obviously you are, are working hard, um, it's definitely, there's a difference between doing something that you love and, and just going to a job for the sake of, uh, you know, keeping a roof over your head. So you, you know, part of the draw for you taking the, the Boston area franchise had to be, you know, coming home, contributing to the community there. And you, uh, you picked a spot right in the heart of downtown Boston in, in the financial district. Um, and now, you know, at the time when it opened, um, UFC gyms, I think generally had more of that boutique kind of smaller training center feel. And, and now they're adding on the UFC fit, these, these mega gym complexes, but you know, you, you built it out. You've been there since 2014 and, you know, you have, have this high touch, um, you know, very interactive training module in, in, in all the different things that you're doing. Then boom, pandemic hits in 2020, you know, Boston, a city that's heavy on office workers, heavy on students, heavy on tourism, turns into, you know, like an old West ghost town. There's almost nobody there and you, you have to make some changes to survive. So what, what have those things looked like? You know, the major pivots and adjustments that you've made, you know, with, with the pandemic really changing the landscape of Boston over the last few years. You know, it, I don't think it was something that we ever could have prepared for. You know, it was, um, it caught us out of left field. For me, it's like, I wanted, I was trying to fight it from the beginning. It's like, what do you mean you're going to shut down the city? You know, it, it was the, the scariest thing to, to have ever happened to us. And then, you know, once things really started getting hot with, with COVID breakouts, it's those, those cancellations and those freezes started flying in. And then, you know, the first couple months, it wasn't quite as bad because people thought, oh, it's, you know, going to be a couple of weeks and then, and then it'll turn around. But then months started going by and then next thing you know, it's six months and then you're going into a year. And then, you know, at that point, people really start, you know, making those calls to either cancel or put their gym memberships on hold. And we started running into some, some financial difficulties and it was just imperative that we, we not lose our entire member base. You know, it's, so when you're looking at these long drawn out closures um, to pivot, what, what we had to do was, was go with them more and to operate within the city's guidelines of not be, because we would have been closed for almost a year mm. and we wouldn't have survived. We, we never would have reopened because I, I still would have been forced to pay rent. So what we had to do was pivot and operate as a personal training center. And then what I did was any members that kept their memberships active throughout the pandemic, um, but weren't able to come in, I gave them personal training vouchers for whatever they paid. 
So essentially like, oh, you can't come into the office for six months to a year or you're not going to come in for six months to a year. What I'm going to do is give you whatever you paid. We'll give you a personal training uh, credit for that. So so it took a little bit out of our pocket. But what that that did is if it, it, I feel like it helped the consumer feel like they're getting something out of it. That they're not just making a donation to us every month. So I think that saved us hundreds of members. But then it also helped keep my my coaches busy, right? Because, you know, with, with almost no money coming in, <laughs> trying to pay our rents astronomical in downtown Boston. So trying to pay all the bills plus take care of the coaches so that, that they have food to eat, it, it wasn't an easy thing to do. But running that, you know, pivoting into that that personal training play and, and moving away from a, you know, a full service fitness center to more of a... Um, personal training boutique was was a big part of of what helped us get through some really tough times. Yeah. Yeah. And kudos to you for, for doing anything other than, you know, curling up in the fetal position and crying, woe is me, because there was no, there was no rule book. There's no playbook for this. And what do I do? And it was so market specific, you know, the, the Northeast of the United States, uh, Eastern, Eastern Canada and California, I think were the three areas who, took it the hardest, the longest, but, you know, you made the best out of the situation that it had. And now um, with Boston, even not having fully returned, it's also affected the way that, that you take clients from, from new member into the services and, and go through their, their life cycle, their client journey as kind of a new normal for you. Right. Yeah, in, in running gyms, you know, when, when you run gyms, volume's a big part of the game. You know, in, unless you're just doing a small personal training business, you know, you're, you're trying to run as many people as you can really through your gym every month because there's an algorithm to it. And the more people you have coming in, generally the more more members you're going to sign. But when all of a sudden everyone, nobody's around, right, when you don't have that that population to draw from, um, to, to hit those numbers, you really have to pivot as a business. So we had to get away from that volume game and, and really look at more of a um, sort of detail-oriented individual interaction with each specific consumer that, that we had the opportunity to get in front of us. So continuing, even though even as we were able to make it through the pandemic and open back up as a, as a normal fitness center, we still had to keep that that methodology and of of managing each prospect with with kid gloves and and providing a higher level of service to drive higher price points for um, you know individual transactions, but also um, those their follow up EFT as elect you know our, our monthly billing as well. Um, so being able to, you know, demand or at least create a value statement for a higher, for a higher price personal training. And then also, um, you know, for that higher, higher EFT price point each month as well. Um, because it's, you know, when you right now from, from, I'd say six months up until the last couple of months ago, the, the volume in downtown Boston was 10 to 15% of what it, you know, what it was pre pandemic. So trying to hit numbers to pay your bills with, and let, let me just, I'll, if, if I just use that 15% number, 
So many businesses around us have closed now. You know, we have, um, we had a, a, a sports clips next to us closed like a year and a half ago. The nicest restaurant in our neighborhood closed. Just lots of business closings. And, and but I had to look at that 15% that we had available to us and maximize it, you know? And um, we had really good people that as members and, and we've create, created um, a community that stood behind us and, and helped us balance out the numbers over the years. But it, it became much more of a qualitative approach versus quantity um, in order to survive. Because it wasn't, you know, at, there was a time where, you know, you may get 10, 20, 30 guests a day coming through to check out your gym. We've gone through a year where, you know, you're getting, you're lucky to get for a while during the pandemic. It was like, you're lucky to get one or two. Now, if we get five or 10, you know, that's a good day. So it's a little, it's different metrics than what we had to deal with in the past. And as a, as a business, we've just had to pivot in order to make that work. Yeah. Lot, lots of moving parts there. And yeah, it's, it's one of those things we talked about off the air for, for anybody who hasn't been to downtown Boston to that area since then it's it's it still doesn't look anything like what it used to the volume of people the work from home movement all these things that are that have happened so with the mode that you're in now with looking at things through the the lens that you are and the adjustments you've made what are your what are your best practices now in the realm of of client acquisition in marketing and sales um, you know, how are you, how are you finding out of that 15% that are left, um, getting people that are a good fit for what you're doing now to raise their hand, come into the facility and, and has it changed your sales process, your onboarding? So when coming up in this industry, it was a very much a, a boots on the ground approach, especially, you know, we talked a little bit about working on it. I, I, had mentored under Mark Mastroff and Adam Sedlak, the guys that really formed this business. And, you know, when, when I got started in this gym, I used to have to go outside the gym every single day and do a couple hours of um, just boots on the ground, shaking hands, handing out, handing out passes. Well, that doesn't work anymore. Right. Cause if, if you approach someone in the street and you go to hand them like a free pass or even a business card, they're like, Whoa, you know, you could have COVID. So, um, it's, you know, we're definitely in the digital age of, of fitness marketing now. Um, a lot of people tend to outsource that now. I, I'm of the opinion that I want to stay as close as possible to, you know, electronic form, means of marketing because the technology is growing so quickly and it's advancing. So you really have to stay in tune with, with your Google Analytics. Um, your, your social media marketing and, and the other resources that you have about out, out there in order to interact with, you know, your, your target, you know, you know, the target portion of the population that you're going after. Um, so, you know, I, I look at all those different buckets, whether you're, you know, Google or Bing, um, your, you know, Yahoo, whatever sources, but also, you know, um, social media is very important as well. Um, and then do also doing some, some local marketing, whether it's, you know, we, we got a soccer team going, um, 
I, I'm a little old school where we'll do lead boxes in, you know, the local bars around us. And we're going to, you know, now everybody's moving away from the lead boxes to the uh, QR codes. Um, but, you know, that that little stuff. But also you, you, the, the key is also maintaining good relationships with the businesses around you. Right. Because everybody refers, you know, you go if, if you're going to go, you're going to have dinner you're talking with your server, you're talking with your bartender um, and they say, Hey, you know, you're talking about fitness is such a, a major part of people's lives. Now those recommendations go a long way. Um, so the better relationships you have with, with the other biz- business leaders in your community um, is going to set a, a tone for the sex success of your business as well. But um, driving that, the marketing via your, your social media and your online portals is so important. And it's just something that I know a lot of, a lot of owners and managers now are outsourcing that, but I'm, I'm of the opinion that, that you need to stay involved with it because the technology moves so fast that if you let it go and let somebody handle it for you, it it might get to the point where it's too technologically advanced for you to, to be able to jump back in because they're, they're constantly changing the algorithms and, 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 you know, how they manage their systems. Yeah. And and I love that you feel like you want to have a handle on that. And it's, it's twofold for me because I do think that in some instances for short term uh, marketing campaigns and things like that, it, it may not be the worst thing to, you know, if you have somebody that's got something super hot and the ROI is really good to work with somebody, but in general, you don't want to be beholden to any of these companies or anything like that either, because listen, I, I talk to gym owners all day, every day, and these companies go out of business at a, a wild rate. You know, it, somebody starts up in, in mom's basement and they're flashing the pan and, you know, it's one of those things. So you know, as a business owner, you need to have predictable, steady, controllable inflow of leads. So if you're, if you have to bounce from marketer to marketer to agency, right, your business is, it's life or death. Like you have to have some ability to generate that on your own. Doesn't mean it's, it's like, you know, you got to be able to go and work out on your own. Doesn't mean you can't take supplements once in a while, but you still got to know how to feed yourself how to sleep, how to recover, all those things. Like there are things you have to have ownership. Doesn't mean you can't give them a shot in the arm once in a while, but if you don't have that basic skill set, you could be in trouble and not even know it. Yeah. And and it, to your point, the the marketing companies that, that are doing the the online advertisement, they have a lot of value to add. But if you don't understand how to do it at all on your own you're going to be 100% beholden to them. And, um, and it's just, you have to keep the ball in your court sometimes so that, you know, if, if the the value play is there, if it makes sense to work with them and they can give you a better product and they're more focused, it's what they do, um, then do it. But I, I just say, keep a little bit of control of it. Make sure you have some knowledge and understand, um, you know, how to use the, you know, Google AdWords pages and, and how to create ads on, on Instagram and Facebook. Um, and it'll just, you know, if, if things get rough, um, you know, you can, you can steer the ship on your own if needed. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. You don't, you don't have to be, uh, 
you know, you don't, you don't have to go be an Olympic swimmer at all times, but you got to be able to at least keep yourself afloat, I think is, is what happens there. So um, when it comes to goals, plans, you know, things down the road for you, I, I think we're as to the other side of COVID as we possibly could feel like we are right now. So with things going the way that they are right now at the gym, um, what are your, you know, short-term, long-term goals? Do you, you know, is it, is there still room for you to grow in this downtown location? Are you, you're going to launch any other, any other concepts, any other locations? What are you, what are you looking forward to over the next, you know, three, five years? You know, we've been, we've been looking at expansion for, for quite some time now. Um, we, we own the rights to some other territories. Um, I, I, I'm looking at moving north a little bit. Um, that's that's the direction we, we've kind of been been focused on. It's just it, it's a little bit of a matter of timing. And with Boston, not Boston was one of the cities that that I would say was, you know, outside of California, maybe the most locked down, like outside of San Francisco, um, Santa Clara area. Um, Boston had the longest lockdowns and, and the slowest returns to work. Um, so before I've been really wanted, willing to jump back on that expansion plan, I needed to make sure that we were able to write the ship locally. And, um, you know, we've had something like 70% of the, the offices downtown are, are, are vacant where, you know, people just aren't coming into work. Um, so for me, you know, if I'm opening up new locations, I have to leave where I am now. And, and that's difficult to do without seeing the environment that we're in self-corrected, right? So once I can see that the, the, the volumes back, that, that the, the resources that we need to sustain the business long-term are there, right? If, if I'm living out in, in the middle of the wilderness somewhere with my family, I need to make sure that there's enough, you know, wild game or food around me to be able to go out and hunt and, and, you know, bring home dinner every night. It's really the same, same thing for running a business downtown, except instead of wild game, I'm looking at, you know, how many office workers do I have coming from whether it's South station driving in commuters based on the nature of our business, um, we rely a lot on people that taking um, the, the T MBTA in, into the city that's been drastically cut, you know, so with people taking the T much, much less um, people are driving in, but then they tend to want to try and get, get out sooner. Um, so it's just constantly trying to adapt and adjust how we do and what, and, and what we do, but I don't feel that we're quite out of the weeds yet um, just because the downtown marketplace is still writing itself um, where I'd be comfortable just stepping away from the business and, and completely focusing on a new location. So it's just, it's more of when, when I feel like the, the Boston downtown area is, is at a comfortable volume um, to drive the numbers that we need, then, then I, I'd have the ability to, to step away, to open, you know, to, to open another club at this time. Yeah. So, you know, just, 
just patiently waiting, ten, tending the garden you have now. But when when things start to look a little bit more fertile, you feel like you're you're poised to go in there and find some more people to help spread this thing with. Yeah, I mean, we even we own the rights for Cambridge, which is the town next to us. So we've you know we've looked at doing gyms in in, in Cambridge. Just the thing with with the Boston area now, it's it's commercial real estate. You know, even though we've we've gone through COVID and now we've got this, um, you know, the prices of everything are shooting through the roof, and and you think that that after going through COVID and people not coming into work, that rents would balance out, but commercial rents are are still through the roof. So in and being able to find a location with parking in the city, it's it's impossible. So, and what we're seeing nationally is, is the clubs that are, are witnessing the best success are, you know, suburb locations. So, you know, 20, 30 miles outside of the city, um, good population density, um, high median income. So it's finding those locations and then being able to negotiate, um, you know, a, a good lease is is what it comes down to so um you know initially we've been very focused on boston and we didn't want to get too far from the city we were thinking you know clubs within 15 minutes of each other so we could you know we can move the team around as needed um and now that's that's switching a little bit so we're we're you know looking more at moving you know or opening other club not necessarily keep what we have now downtown as an anchor but then opening new locations in the suburbs um, to accommodate now that people may only come into the office two or three days a week, they're much more likely to utilize a gym closer to their, you know, their home. Um, previously people would, you know, pre pandemic people would come into the gym, um, and to wait out traffic, like a big chunk of our population didn't want to deal with, you know, the, the crazy traffic of, you know, after five o'clock, four or five o'clock in the city. So that was a big part of our rush. It's, it's different now, right? Because those, it's, it's just, those people aren't either commuting into the city or they're, they're generally trying to get out as soon as possible to miss the traffic. Um, so our, our consumer base is much more based in Boston than than the commuters that we saw in the past so it's just continuing to adapt and seeing you know who's responding to our marketing where are they coming from um are they coming into work are they going to be commuting in from outside the city um you know trying to get parking spaces available to, to be made available to us which is really really expensive so no matter what the challenge is it's just being able to pivot the business at, at any point to adapt and, and overcome whatever is you know whatever is obstructing us from being successful well it sounds like you have you know for for mother nature throwing us a, a kick in the ribs a couple of years ago and and changing the landscape of fitness it sounds like you have it you know as well in hand as anybody can at this point and you know you get a million things logistically to deal with but man it's uh it's a shame that we're out of time here i think if if we can get you back on in a in a year or so and see how the landscape has changed more and, and dig into this more. I'd love to have you back on, but for now we are out of time. Uh, before I let you go, uh, 
where can we find you? Website, social media, any of that stuff. Yeah, where yeah. can we find your location? UFC, www.ufcgym.com. If you're, if you're ever in downtown Boston, you want to come by, we're about a block from South Station. But uh, I encourage everyone out there to, to go check out the UFC gym that's closest to you because it literally can change your life. A little bit of, of fitness in your routine every day, plus learning how to defend yourself um it, it's a different approach and uh you might just find that it changes your life i love that man you might just find that it changes your life and it fitness has it has for me it has for you and, and countless others and i appreciate you coming on here and sharing um it's been a blast having you on man i, I wish you continued success all right thank you very much my brother i appreciate you you're welcome. And to everyone out there listening, as always, we appreciate you. We hope you found value and inspiration in this episode. Jason dropped a lot of bombs on us here. Go back, rewind, get a notebook, whatever you got to do. Uh, learn something from this. If you want to hear more, hit the subscribe button. We'll notify you new episodes drop. To everyone out there in Jim Ward's nation, keep working hard. Keep changing lives. Jim Ward's out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Brooke, and joining me on the show are Hector and Cheryl from White Tiger Muay Thai and Fitness Center nice. in Bakersfield, California. Welcome, guys. How are you? Doing great. Doing great. Fantastic. I'm really excited to have you guys here today, you know, to learn more about your fitness business. But before we do that, um, what I would love for you guys to do is just give us a quick story as to what it was that led to you guys opening up White Tiger Muay Thai and Fitness Center. Uh, well, it started uh, back in 2014. I was, I had just uh, came back from Vegas. Uh, I was living out in Las Vegas for a little bit. They're competing out there and working and um, <clears throat> I started training at a gym called Body Exchange here. It's a locally operated gym and you know there are rules and regulations when it comes to like a corporate gym so they're that locally corporate gym type feeling and I couldn't really train people the way I wanted to and a lot of people got into Muay Thai and actually wanted to compete in Muay Thai after they reached their fitness goals so it just kind of went from there to opening up a uh, just a little space for me and then took off from back back there in 2014 and to what you what we have now so <laughs> cool it's really nice when you can be inspired by something that like you've seen in the past and build something even better off of it and it totally sounds like that's what you guys were able to do so now what i want for you guys to do is just give us your elevator pitch tell us who you are at White Tiger Muay Thai and Fitness Center, what services you provide, the whole nine yards. That way our listeners kind of have a picture painted. Okay, so I guess we'll start with me. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm Hector, guys. So 
I am owner and operator here at White Tiger Muay Thai and Fitness Center. Uh, what started my fitness journey was uh, just a, a little guy running around trying to do WWE stuff and eventually got into collegiate wrestling after that, freestyle wrestling and then Greco-Roman. And then from there, it led into combat sports. Uh, I've always been an athlete. Um, then I wanted to bodybuild, so I did. <laughs> I competed in bodybuilding. I competed in combat sports. And then I also competed in a little bit of CrossFit as well. Um, did some Spartan races, played with my diets and stuff like that. I have a master, I have a master's degree in biomechanics and a BA in human science. And so I wrestled division one. Um, but my fitness journey has pushed me to the boundaries of knowing a lot uh, to benefit more for my clients. That way they always had a question I can answer after bad instead of sending them somewhere else. So Okay, cool. So and Cheryl, do you want us to share a little tidbit as well? Um, I mean, I don't even know where to start. I'm Cheryl. I am the um operations manager and head uh personal trainer. Um I don't know. I'm not sure where to start with me. <laughs> That's totally fine. Um, so you're working, you know, on the business side of things. Yeah. Hector, you know, helps with that, but he's more training. Yeah, he does the um, he does the Muay Thai kickboxing. Um, he's a coach for that. Um, and then he also does personal training as well. Cool. Tell me a little bit about the services that you guys are providing. Like if I was somebody interested in coming through the doors of your facility. What could, what are all the things you could offer me? We have tons. We have lots to offer. So of course we have the, the Muay Thai kickboxing, we have jujitsu, we have women's self-defense, we have kids classes, personal training, full gym access, um, boot camps, um, Zumba, yoga, um, a tanning room, and we have a guy on staff that does cupping and massages. We have so lots to offer. Everything. Yeah, definitely <laughs> a one-stop shop. Yeah, I love that. And it totally sounds like you guys are able to be a one-stop shop with all the different stuff that you have to offer. Um, so with that being said, what would you say is your bread and butter? Is it the open kind of membership or is it that personal training? Like what's bringing in the most revenue for your facility? Right now, um, our Muay Thai kickboxing is excelling over a lot. Uh, we are the only traditional Muay Thai gym here in Bakersfield, California. Uh, you have a lot of kickboxing gyms and MMA gyms and jiu-jitsu gyms, but um, traditionally Muay Thai like kickboxing boxing is where we're excelling. So, Okay, got it. So for the Muay Thai, the kickboxing, are those going to be like group people coming in for group classes or how does that kind of work? So with our personal training and the classes, it all depends on what they want to do. Of course, we want them to get the aspect of both. So we have packages that will include maybe two classes during the week and two times for training, or they can grab on to do all four classes. And so I believe it's a total of like 16 classes within the month. So, um, I mean, with Muay Thai, you want to get the aspect of everything to where, you know, you're motivated by the class and the other fight team and you want to get that one-on-one -on -one training too because it's it's Muay Thai is a very very per, uh seeing art <laughs> and a lot of hand-eye coordination with a lot of footwork so 
uh, you want to be able to grasp that yeah, as well. So. Okay, got it. So right now the bread and butter is the, the Muay Thai. So with that being said, is that, you know, where you guys are looking to go with this facility or are you looking to expand the other programs within the, within what you have offering? I think our main focus is the Muay Thai kickboxing because we want to, we want to expand the knowledge in Bakersfield of traditional Muay Thai kickboxing, not just Americanized kickboxing. Um, we do want to expand the rest of the gym and the classes, but our main focus is the Muay Thai. Cool. Love it. So, um, you know, how big are you guys right now? How many members do you have through your doors? You're fairly new. You just opened in April. So how big are you so far? We have 103 members. Congratulations. That's huge. 103 yeah. members in about a month, um, yeah. which kind of dates the podcast here, but that's totally fine. Um, good for you guys. So are you at a place where you're comfortable with that 103 or are you looking to really expand? And Absolutely not. We always want to expand more. Always want to expand. <laughs> yeah, totally. That's, that's really, really exciting to hear. So what are you guys actively doing to aid the growth process? I know that you said it's, it's a big desire for you to, you know, let your community know that you exist and grow the, knowledge of Muay Thai in Bakersfield. So what are you actively doing to make that happen? We're very active on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, and then we are huge on word of mouth. Um, not really doing any like the older style TV commercials or radio commercials, cause it's just not, um, it's not proven to work at this time. So it's definitely word of mouth is huge. And then social media. A lot of people on social media nowadays. I mean, that's where a lot of people tend to on their phone or on their tablets. Yeah. And so and a lot of our crowd is a little younger, like the mid twenties kind of range. So they're all about social media right now. Yeah, for sure. We love social media, like in this industry. I mean, think about the past couple of years, you know, everybody is spending so much time on their phone. So if we can use that to our advantage, and be yeah. that little birdie that keeps popping up on their timeline. Yeah. It works in our advantage for us to grow. So, yeah. um, you know, with the social media side of things, have you guys gone down the paid advertising route? Not yet. Um, it's not really on the, the affordable list yet, but I definitely want to go down that avenue because I think it will help us tremendously. Yeah, um, I mean, again, and with it's really expensive, expensive to have billboards and yeah. I don't know, trying to pick and choose between who's going to be listening on the radio at certain times. Yeah, and that's basically what it's built for. You know, you know, we yeah. have to pay X amount of money to the morning or to the evening where people are, might yeah. might be listening more. So you know. Yeah, no, I get what you're saying. Now, what I was kind of you know asking about was more so the digital advertising, like on social media, yeah. using Facebook, Instagram to your advantage. And I know that's still expensive, especially when we don't know what we're doing. Like, I know that I'm not a marketing expert. I didn't study marketing in college. Um, so it's kind of tricky to think about like the idea of putting your dollar there if you don't know if you're going to see a return on investment. Yeah. Uh, we would love to put dollars down and have it pull in clients yeah. left and right. It's kind of like a three-month goal to, to get yeah. the advertising going. Awesome. Yeah, it's a great way to kind of grow, right? Because with yeah. word of mouth, 
it's our favorite in this industry because it's free, right? We don't have to do anything for word of mouth except for be nice to our clients and yeah. treat them really well. And then of course, we're going to have good word of mouth, but it's not necessarily something that we can control because we can't, you know, wake up in the morning and be like, today we're going to have 10 word of mouth clients because, you know, you just can't control the speed at which it happens. We would yeah. love to, but we can't. So that's when you look down the avenues of, you know, digital advertising and things like that. And that's an area that a lot of gym owners are really scared to go down a path that gym owners, you know, yeah. have that apprehensive apprehension towards, because it's like, do I, do I do this and not see a return on investment? That's why I always like to kind of touch on that. Um, so the next area that I would love to discuss here is, you know, somebody contacts you guys and they're like, Hey, I'm interested in coming into your facility. What does the process look like after that? So basically, as soon as they walk through the doors, we just try to see what their goals are. Um, now, if they're not sure what their goals are, we uh, pretty much see what they want to do as far as uh, whether it's dropping weight, uh, getting into something new. Uh, we have people that come and want to learn Muay Thai, either from learning Jiu-Jitsu or just expand in general. I know maybe get a little bit of both. Um, we have packages for almost anything, anything that you can think of. So once we get that and get their goals, so we take them through an assessment to see either their heart rate, their resting heart rate, and kind of see where they're at, at conditionally wise. And then we pretty much go from there. Got it. Got it. That's pretty, that's pretty great. So would you say that the, the majority of the people that are joining you are just walking in through the front door or are they calling, setting up appointments, stuff like yeah, that? Yeah, majority of it's walk-in. Um, we do get quite a few phone calls, but 80% is walk-in clients. Nice. And do you find that you guys are able to kind of like get them converted fairly quickly or is yeah, that fairly quickly? A lot of times it's just a quick conversation, see what their goals are. And then that dictates how we give the tour of the gym where it starts um and then usually quickly after that it's it's a, a sign up awesome we love a quick conversion yeah. um you know less of a chance for people to kind of ghost us and back out um right. a lot of gyms offer like trials and stuff like that and with that you kind of run into the chance that somebody could come in once and then not come back and not right. sign up um, so the next area that I would love to kind of discuss, and I think that we're going to have to kind of be strategic here when we answer this question, because you are fairly new, but what is a bottleneck or a challenge that you guys have run into so far, or that you project that you're going to run into and what are you kind of actively doing to, um, relieve that? Uh, I think our biggest, and so our two biggest challenges is um, one, Baker's Field is saturated with gyms. <laughs> yeah. So it's uh, hard to get those hardcore gym and people to come and try something new. Uh, two, there's always gyms popping up. Uh, there's always a new gym popping up or going, which is good because it shows where the athletics here is in our uh, little city of Bakersfield. Oh, uh, I think that's one of our hardest challenges is once once, uh, once we get established here, like set, because we're still constructing and stuff like that, um, is getting to know that we are here. Yeah, just letting, the, letting people know that we are actually here and we're open, we're available, because um, 
a lot of people just don't even know that we're here yet. Yeah, yeah. I think that that's like a hard thing. You know, we're in a city where there's a lot of gyms and, you know, most big cities, especially in today's world, there are a lot of gyms. It's just something that there is. So what do you do to like stand out? Like what about you? And I know that you guys can probably answer this, but why is White Tiger Muay Thai and Fitness Center the best gym in Bakersfield and why should everybody come to your gym? At least because we have more to offer as far as like you have, it's, again, it's your one-stop shop. You get your, your traditional Muay Thai kickboxing, you get your jiu-jitsu, you get your, your full gym access and your classes. So not only do we get our fighters, we get our moms, we get our dads, we get our, um, our teenagers and young adults. We have something to offer for everyone. Absolutely. That's, that's definitely what makes you stand apart. Every gym kind of has their niche, right? But with you guys, yeah, you have a niche, but then you have a bunch of other offerings. So I guess it's just a matter of kind of expressing that to the community, getting the word out. Um, And then I'm sure, you know, people will be able to see what you see in the fact that it's very different um, than a lot of the other gyms in your area. Um, Do you have anything to add there, Hector? Um, Well, I think Cheryl said it pretty good. I mean... (laughs) Uh, and, <laughs> and it's true like i said we have a traditional muay thai um you know if you're the bodybuilder that wants to get away from the crowd and not go into a crowded gym uh, we have that too we have have a good weight facility a good cardio section as you would see uh, we have a posing room i mean we have a cardio room we have tanning room you know that you can come in we have athletic cupping and grasping work um, I mean, we have a lot of things for that athlete and even for the regular mom and mom and dad that have their aches and pains and they can get a massage or, you know, they feel like, uh, you know, it's just overwhelmed at a corporate gym. So we yeah. have everything that you can ask for. for yeah, as you're a not gym. just a number here either. Everybody's a name. Everybody's a face. Everybody feels like family. They're not just like, oh, scan in and go. No, we, we don't treat people like that. Yeah, I think that's that's huge, especially in a gym like this. A lot of times people go into a gym where they're working out, doing their own thing, and the staff doesn't even know their name. Uh, And, you know, that is not the best for you guys, because traditionally those types of people don't stick around. They do their three or four months of coming in every single day and they lose motivation. They fall off the face of the planet and then it's like, okay, well. Um, let's go find a new gym. So that definitely sets you apart as well. Um, next question I have for you guys, what's the goal with this business? Where do you want to take things? Like, you know, maybe let's say six months down the road, where would you like to see your business in terms of, you know, how many members would you like to have? Are there any additional services you want to add? Kind of paint that picture for us. Um, well, in six months, well, in a six months term goal, short term goal, um, I definitely want to see the building filled I mean, with kid classes, adult classes, having a lot of people in a good, safe environment and then not feel, feel overwhelmed, like I said, at in those corporate gyms or, um, you know, getting you know, little Timmy out, out in the martial arts world because he was getting bullied and now he has self-confidence to go and know that he can protect himself in a safe manner. 
or that stay-at-home mom um, that uh, has a husband that works uh, two weeks on, one week off, and they're at home by themselves with the kids. You know, they want to be, be able to be safe and know what to do in a self-defense situation. You know, yeah. and like I said, it's just knowledge is what we're trying to pass here. Yeah, I completely agree. I think that what you guys have to offer is not only like the fitness side of things, but you're teaching people like skills, right? You're teaching them self-defense skills, um, confidence, um, things that they can bring with them in their everyday life. And that's what we call like sustainable lifestyle fitness. So, you know, people aren't coming in here necessarily just just to bodybuild. Like they're going to learn other skills along the way to help them like develop as a person. And that's huge. That's really, really important. So since knowledge is your number one goal, right? You want to get your community knowledgeable. What are you going to do to, to do that? Like, well, I mean, pretty advertising. <laughs> advertising, uh, so I mean, getting them in here and seeing what program works for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I've had a lot of women that come in here pretty timid. I mean, I'm a pretty big guy. So, <laughs> and they yeah, see me as a self, self-defense instructor. I was pretty so. timid when I came here too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's the t- type of confidence that we want to give a person, you know, make them feel that comfortable to where they're in a safe place, safe space. As well as knowing, like like I said, the kids, it's uh, coming in and them actually feeling more confident to go to school or you know, not go to school. I, I believe I had a kid one time and uh, he was getting bullied a lot. They were taking his money and um, his mom wanted to give him that self-confidence. And, it, you know, it takes a while for that because they go through a lot. I mean, kids, they see everything and it's uh, a very very good, very hard thing to kind of divert them from when then all they see is chaos. So definitely the one year goal is to get a a bigger kids program going. Um, We do have a kids, a couple of kids classes, but the program is, it's a little small compared to the adult programs. I definitely like to see that grow. And as far as like clientele in the next like six months to a year, I'd like to double, triple our clientele. Yeah, definitely doable with the size space that you guys have and all the stuff that you have to offer. Um, so with um, the kids program, are you, do you guys have a kids program? Is it for the Muay Thai or is it like just general fitness? It's mostly for the Muay Thai. Yeah. yeah. Cool. That's awesome. Well, I'm really excited to see you guys expand. I mean, you already have so much to offer. So it's just a matter of like filling in all those kind of crevices with more people build the knowledge yeah. of what you have to offer because I think that it's super exciting and definitely something that people in your community, if they knew was out there, they would totally want to take advantage of that. Um, yeah. But next question, where can we find you guys on social media so our listeners can go follow you? So you can go to um, WTMT, I believe it's underscore at... <laughs> Instagram makes me put long word long. So let me go ahead and pop that up here. Yeah, I think I followed you guys on Instagram the other day. Um, I just searched White Tiger and I found it. Uh, but if you want to shout out, oh, there's uh, two ways you can and uh, get a hold of us. So it's uh, WTMT underscore and underscore fitness underscore center LLC. Yeah. So that's our LLC page. 
And then if they want to get in contact with me, it's white underscore tiger Muay Thai Academy 18. Perfect. Thank you for sharing that. And thank you guys for being here today. I really appreciate um, hearing your take on this industry and learning more about your one-stop shop. I'm excited to follow you guys along the uh, along for the journey and see how you're able to expand over the next year or so. Um, for our listeners, thank you guys as well. Don't forget, if you want to stay notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. And if you want to join us for an episode here at the Gym Lords podcast, fill out the link in the description and our team will be in touch with you soon. As always, until next time, Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald, and joining us on the show is Mr. Matt Gentry of Lenore City Fitness, coming to you from Lenore City Tennessee. Matt, what's going on, man? How are you today? I'm great, man. Glad it's a Friday. Beautiful day outside. Couldn't be better. Couldn't be better. Can't beat that optimism. Matt, I appreciate you coming on. I'm excited to pick your brain and and see what the inner workings of this business are. But before we talk strategy, before we talk day-to-day and all that this business is, talk to us a little bit about how we got here in the first place. What made you want to say one day I'm going to own a gym. How did we get here? Okay. Yeah, that's kind of a, that's kind of a little bit of a lengthy story, but I'll kind of, um, you know, give you the short version. Um, so I've been an athlete um, all through school. Um, I, I hated actually the working out part of it, um, but we were forced to, I was forced to learn a lot about it. Um, and I, I actually, I was in college for exercise science. Um, after before that, I was an English major, but you know, I realized the only thing I could do with that was teach. So um, got into exercise science, um, and then I realized that honestly, school thing wasn't even for me. Um, but I had some money that was left to me, um, and at the time I was working as a personal trainer in the gym that I own now, and the guys who owned it then uh, were kind of looking at a way to get out of it. Um, so fortunately, um, my father helped me out a little bit. Um, and we made an offer to them, kind of went back and forth for several months. And that's kind of how I came here um, to Lenore City Fitness, came to owning it. Um, and still do personal training to this day. Um, that was uh, getting close to a decade ago. So it'll be, I think, uh, yeah, 10 years in December. Um, and it's been, it's been a pretty great ride uh, since, since we started. Yeah. And so a decade or, or close to a decade under your belt 
and and tell us about your experience as a business owner. You mentioned it's been a, a pretty great ride. Tell us about some of the things that were better than expected. Tell us about some of the things that were a lot harder than you expected. Sure. Um, okay. When, when we started, um, I didn't even know honestly how to even um, manage a spreadsheet. Um, the business side of it, I had no earthly idea. Um, so the back office stuff, um, I, I kind of had to, um, you know, take some online classes and learn as far as that goes. Um, the fortunate part, though, what was buying into something that already existed, had a good reputation, um, had been around since 1984. Um, so in, in a small town, if you have a good reputation in a small town, people are going to kind of navigate to you and stick with you. Um, and so that's kind of, uh, that kind of worked out to me to be a fortunate part, um, even though I was still kind of learning on the job. Um, yeah, that's kind of kind of how it came 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 to be, um, and just kind of learned more and more um, as the years went on. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And so it's an interesting story because we talk all the time to gym owners who follow a similar path, right? Had been in training, had been doing the thing themselves, but then realize business ownership is a little bit different than training individual clients. And so it's been a real learning experience for you. It sounds like in regards to the business now, when you describe this gym, what do you tell people? Um, that we're a hometown gym. Uh, we're locally owned. Um, we're, we're the only one really in the area that's like that. Um, it's a hometown atmosphere. I, I greet everybody that comes to the door. We're 24 seven. So not everybody might here 24, 24 hours a day. Um, we all know each other by name in here and we really kind of sell that atmosphere, but it's, it's genuine too. Um, we, you know, we build up a rapport with everybody, like I said, who comes to the door. Uh, that, that's kind of how, how I've taken that on separate, separate ourselves from the, the only other gym in the area that's a corporate gym. I don't really have that type of feel. Um, yeah. A little less so, sterile. Yeah. Literally, exactly. Exactly. Okay. Yes. And yeah. I really, we, I really appreciate the fact that you positioned that as we use that, we sell that, right? This is a business yeah. at the end of the day, money in versus money out matters for you guys. The service aspect of this is access to the facility. For the most part, the revenue is coming from membership revenue, correct? People paying, coming to use the facility on their own. Talk to us a little bit about, because you've been in the game for, like we said, approaching 10 years, talk to us about your membership and, and how many members we have now and how does that compare to pre-pandemic two years ago? Sure, sure. Um, so see, pre-pandemic, um, we were actually, we were still around that 650 range, 600, 650 range. Um, really dropped off, of, I'd say, Good little bit, not not nothing too drastic. Um, I think around 500 is where we dropped down to, um, you know, give or take, because we had to close down um, for about seven weeks. Um, obviously, people are wanting to pay for a membership before it closed down, um, which is understandable. And then it really came soaring back, which things opened, opened back up. Um, we saw, you know, our, our record record sales, um, kind of the past two years, have been extraordinary for us. Um, but, but yeah, that's, that's kind of how um, the pandemic really treated us. Um, it, was, it was bad on the, on the front end of it, um, but really, really recovered strong. Um, I think yeah. the, 
um, part of that was people want to, you know, kind of get back out. Yeah. And really help us and out. And so now looking forward, right, we have some semblance of normalcy and can operate at least at 100% capacity. Are we at capacity with that membership or can we grow beyond where we are now? We, we could grow a little bit, but it's already pretty tight here um, in the after work hours and the early mornings, um, which is why we are looking to grow. Uh, so we, we are, I, I would say, at capacity here, um, especially, you know, 4,200 square feet, give or take, uh, a few square feet off that. But um, we're, we're, we're pretty close to capacity here. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And so then, I mean, naturally, with this sort of a business model, if we're to analyze it as a business, which is why we're here, the question is either can we get more people in or can we do more with the people that we have? It sounds like we're in this sort of second category. And so I assume the goal is either some sort of increased secondary revenue or third re tertiary revenue stream. What is that for you guys? Are we doing PT? Are we doing supplement sales? Are we doing retail? Where do you guys fit? You do um, this is a small area of the gym where we do retail, um, protein, pre-workout, uh, stuff like that. Um, obviously, we even sell SARMs out of here. Um, so that that's a, a little bit of uh, revenue for us. Um, kind of that we're, we're actually the only supplement shop in our town. Um, actually, in the county of fifty thousand people, believe it or not, we're the only one. Um, so that helps us out some. Personal training has been huge huge um in this gym actually since uh since COVID let up um that's been another another big sell for us and I do keep um keep advertising or pushing membership sales even though we kind of are at what I would call capacity but since we are 24 7 um there is some room to spread people out you know in really early morning hours later in the evening and stuff like that um so I'll never say no to a member um, but as far as, you know, working out at a Monday at 5 p.m., it can be kind of tough in here. Yeah. And, and that's sort of natural in our industry, right? It's the, the outside of work hours that get busy. How do we find those people to come and train at noon or to train at midnight if for being a 24-hour facility? Um, yeah. But you mentioned PT has been huge. Is So PT as a percentage of the entire membership, we call it utilization or, or PT penetration. Is that something that you guys track or is it, do we have an idea of how many people are in personal training right now? I have an idea. Um, I'd say we have about 30 to 35 clients total in PT yeah. right now. Sure. Um, doesn't sound like a ton. Um, that's, you know, my, my two I have um, to do PT with me are relatively new. Um, one so is that's just, something that you guys could definitely focus on moving forwards. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And that's more or less what I'm getting at is like, yeah. if we don't have a ton of opportunity to grow the membership overall, what can we do to continue revenue growth and profitability growth without busting through the seams of the walls? Personal training slots right in is a, a nice convenient answer there. And so how, what's your plan to get some more of those people from memberships into personal training? How have you guys done it in the past? So I'll be completely honest. Um, for personal training, the only forms of um, advertisement I've done with that um, is, is posting on Instagram and Facebook um, and stuff like that. 
and a lot of it has been word of mouth. Um, I've never really had to pay for advertisement for personal training. Um, people oftentimes come to me. Um, I have a, a good reputation in the area for for that specifically, um, and I will use my reputation to to you know say that I I trust my other trainers as well. Um, that is something I could improve on myself actually. Um, is, is finding a way to bring in more personal training clients um, and a larger clientele in, in that sense. Um, but yeah, as far as like going around to various members and saying, hey, I noticed you were doing, uh, you might want to change this up. Is that the other? Have you thought about personal training? I've actually, I've never had to do that, but that, okay. would, not be a, no, that would not be a bad idea to start doing. The only, the only thing with that is that um, in the, the atmosphere here, is everyone is um, you're either here to to work out, got your headphones on in the zone. We have a lot of socializers too, so um, you kind of kind of find that that uh, that rare person. Um, yeah, it's to, I mean it's a challenge. That with. It's uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so for sure. I, I, Matt, I've been a part of a couple of different versions of business models like this, mm-hmm. and oftentimes when people sign up as a member, they'll have some sort of free session with a trainer consultation, whatever that is. Is that something that you guys do? Um, I have upon request. So what my first question is, is gym experience. Um, do you, do you know what you're doing, what you're looking for? How long has it been since you've been in the gym? Um, any questions like that? Um, and if they're not familiar with some of the stuff we have, I show them, I I haven't really tried to sell again, honestly, um, personal training um, on, on, on that first interaction over here. I've had just people come to me and say, Hey, I went to X corporate gym and, and they tried to sell me all these other things. So I just wanted a gym membership. Um, my fear, I guess, in the back or something that's in the back of my mind is I don't want to be that guy per se. Um, that's trying to sell something else when they're just there for a membership. Um, and I have struggled finding a way to um, really push it unless it really sounds like they're needed or unless they're really directly telling me they're looking for it. Yeah. It sounds like you're doing a lot of the sales. Is that correct? Oh, yes. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. And, and I mean, I, <laughs> devil's advocate here, mm-hmm. it almost sounds like it's it's uh not a lack of belief but like uh not wanting to be the the used car salesy sleazy pushed like our our industry gets a really negative reputation for that and so i hear that fairly often from people do you think that that could be a bottleneck for you guys or a hurdle for your business moving forwards yes uh finding a um it kind of in the middle type of uh, type of way to, to address that a hundred percent because I actually I have worked um, before I was a trainer here did work in gyms in the past where the job was to push 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 yeah. man I got I got so much uh, negative feedback negative looks and, and stuff like that to, to potential clients right and that's when I it's always when I had this is this isn't the way to do it um, it's gets kind of stuck in my head if they want it a lot of times they'll ask. And I've, I've kind of gotten comfortable with that in a sense because I've been successful with that so far. But if I am wanting to grow even more, um, that's going to be something that yeah. I need to address. Well, it's certainly a, a catch-22 because we don't want that, right? If it's just purely push, push, push focused, 
nobody wins. You may bump short-term revenue up, but long-term it's going to take a hit. Yeah. But it's, it's a challenge because we know that these things work, right? Personal <laughs> training exists as a service because it's valuable, right? People get great results. And so it's a, it's an interesting conundrum for how we push it. Do you anticipate as you guys, as the business matures or as things move on in the future, do you anticipate slotting somebody else potentially in that sales role or do you think it'll still be you? So um, with our plans to expand, um, something I do is to um, have someone to PT manage um, per se, and that's going to be kind of their job. Um, my, what I've kind of done recently is someone comes in, my, my thoughts for training are full. Um, I will kind of place them um, with one of our two trainers based on what they're telling me they need. Um, so said personal trainer manager will have that role as well as, um, you know, trying to sell that, um, sell that as well, sell that personal training. So probably someone with, you know, some type of sales background, which I, I, I don't have other than kind of gym sales and go to school for it. Um, I've just kind of been, you know, to kind of do it on the fly, um, as well as, you know, some person knows what they're doing as far as personal training goes. Yeah. So, so I'll, I'll definitely do someone's better than me in that aspect. Yeah, I think it's an interesting yeah. <laughs> uh, evolution for people that own businesses is, do we need to have at least a working level of knowledge of the different functions? Of course, when we open up, we're the guy cleaning toilets, we're the guy selling memberships, we're the guy doing PT, we're the guy opening and locking the door at the end of the day. As things go on and we get in a little bit more financially secure position, it's natural to want to outsource some of those things to people who know more than we do, right? We can't be the expert in everything or else we are the bottleneck. Do you know what I mean? For you, sales is, is part of that. And it sounds like potentially marketing too. Down the line, you mentioned expansion. Tell us a little bit about that. What's your your vision for this? What's the goal moving forwards here? So uh, where we're at now, um, we, we don't have shower, even shower facilities. Um, we, have, we have one restroom, believe it or not. Um, that's all we're plumbed for. We have a couple of changing rooms, no classrooms. Um, so those are top of the list. Those are things we're definitely going to change. Um, classroom to do you know, spin class. Um, Zumba, all the et cetera, yoga, all that good stuff. Um, love shower facilities, of course. Um, you know, and even maybe possibly even childcare, kind of go back and forth on that. Um, that's something I don't really want to touch, but <laughs> it's a necessity to do that in some places. Right. Yeah. Um, and our kind of, our goal is um, to offer everything the other gym does down the street, the corporate gym, at a lesser price. And, and it get different atmosphere as well. Yeah, we already get already get a ton of people coming from um, coming from said gym, um, and people asking, "Hey, when are you going to expand? When are you going to expand?" But that's that's really it. It's it's going to be kind of an open open floor plan type thing, um, and kind of like we have here, we have a little bit of everything. Um, you know, a good amount of free weights, um, like 120 pound dumbbells, and looking for even larger, as well as like a women's and ladies circuit um, for for older people. Um, so we still want to kind of incorporate the same things, just more room, um, more amenities as well. Yeah. And so the, the metric really becomes, whereas before it's, it's easy to track 
total membership revenue or total number of members, the metric that really, really matters here suddenly becomes revenue per member, right? Because if we start adding on all of these other services, that number ticks up, we can serve, we don't need 2000 members to hit respectable revenue numbers. We can have the pocket that we have add on all these other things because realistically, people are spending money on these things. People are spending money on supplements. People are spending money on apparel and retail. People are spending money on PT. It may as well be by a source that they trust and we may as well capture it within this business. And then everybody really wins, right? The business is more profitable. The clients are getting better results. The employees are able to get paid better. Everybody's a happier person when the business is doing well. So it sounds like Absolutely. that's that's the route and that's the goal that we're looking for moving forward. Yeah, yeah. Matt, I wanna I wanna pick your brain. Um, you've been around for like we mentioned multiple times already, approaching ten years. If you were opening a gym now, mm-hmm. what would be the best advice that you could give to somebody in those shoes? This is something that's been successful uh, for us here. Um, one of the reasons we didn't have to through the pandemic um, and whatnot, and that is to keep your overhead as low as you can starting out. We um, stay away from leases if possible, um, buy everything out if you can uh, outright. That has been the biggest thing for us. We own everything, obviously, except for the building we currently rent. That has been huge for us. Um, yeah. Other than that, I'm still a huge rapport guy. Um, you know, building rapport in the community are going to be even building a gym in, starting a new gym in, um, I, I would start there as well. I, but again, the overhead thing has been a, a, a huge uh, home run for us as far as keeping that yeah. low. But at the same time, bringing in new stuff as you can, maybe one piece, two piece, three piece. You don't have to have, you know, bringing an entire new gym um, to appease everybody. As long as they see that you're changing things, upgrading things, stuff doesn't stay broken down. Um, they'll be they'll be satisfied for the most part. You'll have some here and there that aren't. It's yeah, cool. it's funny. You'll see people starting out and opening 20, 30,000 square foot facilities, and then you need 20 or 30,000 square feet of equipment as well. You can really, really quickly put yourself a couple hundred oh, grand yeah. in the hole. Oh, easily. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're at four, and to replace everything was like $400,000. I mean, we're at 4,000 square feet. So, I yeah. mean, you could, yeah. you could do some damage real quick. So I, I agree wholeheartedly with you. And, and I think that's something that a lot of people need to remember. Matt, this has been a yeah. bunch of fun. And I, I really appreciate your insight and your mindset when it comes to building this business and sort of bootstrapping it from the beginning. And so I'm, I'm excited to see the expansion for you guys. I'm excited to see what you take from this business and Wish you the best of luck moving forwards, my man. Yeah, Joe, I really appreciate that, man. I appreciate having me on. It's been, it's been a blast to talk and, you know, kind of really open up about the process. Yeah, absolutely. And so thank you to everyone who tuned in today. Thank you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lord's out. 
Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.